Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you doing this evening? I am doing well. Don't baby goats grow fast? Oh, my goodness. Do they ever. Yeah, so big. (laughs) So big. So 
bouncy. Ah, just so wonderful. I was uh, (coughs) reading a a pretty common anti-milk rant in which it said that it's obvious that milk feeds cancer because it's designed to make baby animals grow. Okay, that is a big leap from there to there. (laughs) It is a big leap, isn't it? (laughs) I can see the stepping stones between makes baby animals grow, makes cancer grow. But it's another one of those cases of, hmm, is this really, you know, um, connected in that mm-hmm. way? And what's going on, of course, is that those baby animals are designed to grow. And if you were to give them soy milk, they would grow just as fast. Right. That that Right. In fact in most commercial dairy in most commercial dairies, that's what the baby goats are getting, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Whenever I if I've ever raised a wild animal that's been like left alone and I've done that and used formula of some kind, they still grow fast. They're they need to grow fast. They're in and that formula with, is made of all kinds of things, most of which I can't read, some of which are milk, but a lot of vitamins, other things, to make sure they grow fast. <laughs> right. But there's not actual milk in there. There's usually It's usually based on soy. Yeah, yeah. It's usually it's some, some very highly processed soy, like soy protein isolate, which is in a mm-hmm. lot of vegetarian and vegan food and supposed health foods. And boy, does it make those baby goats grow fast. And nobody is saying soy protein isolate makes cancer cells grow. Well, not nobody. Mm. Weston Price did, but. <clears throat> so, what else is going on at your place? Or what else isn't going on? It seems like everything is happening at once, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness, it so does. Yeah, it seems like the world is oozing green, like, more than ever this year. Everything is growing so fast, which is delightful. Um, I went out and harvested some nettle for pesto and um, made my first ever nettle pesto. So got that put up and ready. Um, The dandelions are gone here for the most part for now. Uh, Lots of, you know, wishing heads around with the seed pods, but um, we made some dandelion now, vinegar. Now the leaves start to come into their own. Yes, once I know plant, that's what you once think. Once flowered, and it's all, done all of that, um, then the leaves start to taste, to my taste buds, really good. And as it as it moves into the year, the further we get toward the cold weather, the better the leaves taste. Yeah, I'm gonna make it a point this year of of having like at least a leaf a week, probably more, to to do my own little you know hands on experience experiment. Good yeah, for you. <laughs> that's great. It's an easy thing to do, right? They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really good thing to do. <laughs> 
and I've been thinking a lot about the um, conference on the Hypericum. Me too. Hypericum is definitely wanting to be heard and seen. She keeps popping up for me. So, we should start getting specific. What did we do with Humphrey? Did we start narrow and get bigger by asking specific people and then broader and broader? Did we start broad and then go more narrow? Honestly, I feel like it was in a couple ways. I thought we went narrow and then broad and then, like, inhaled again with some narrow and then broad. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know about you, but I keep getting such wonderful feedback from people about the Comfrey Conference. Oh, nice. I love that. I don't know that people would really have a way to get feedback to me. Um, so I'm glad to hear you say that. And I, I love that. I, I figure if there was something horrible, I'd be more likely for that to make its way to me. And nothing horrible has come. Nothing horrible has come. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a so student. There was a student this weekend who said, oh, she decided not to go to the country conference because she didn't want to Zoom. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I said, huh? And she said, well, it looked like it was just a bunch of Zooms. I'm like, oh, goodness, no, that was just kind of like a a side dish to it. I said, but it's all there now, including those Zooms. So you get those Zooms without having to Zoom. You can just sit there and watch it at any time you want, in any way you want. It's not free anymore, but it's all there including, you know, that was like 16 hours of time in which people who spent decades working with Comfrey answered questions. That was so priceless. It really was. And will continue to be because it's there and will continue to be there. So, yeah, if anybody missed a part of it or didn't realize there might be more than what you already saw, it's there. (laughs) Right. So if you signed up for free and you said, oh, yes, well, I did it. If, there's, if there was any part of it you missed, any of the Zooms that you missed, and I know people have told me, oh, you know, like Astrid said, oh, I missed this because I had a birth, you know. All of those kinds of things happen, even if we're not a midwife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right, even if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so if you did you know, sign up for free, then you might want to check back in and see the stuff that maybe we put up since the last time you were there. And whether that will continue, I don't know at this point. It's kind of an open question that goes hand in hand with, will there be another country conference? Mm. Oh, wow. Right. Well, will that country conference will will like new things be added to it? I'm like, uh, probably not. Um, Interesting. And then will there be another country conference? I'm like, you know, well, 
I don't know. It wouldn't be right away. I was thinking that after Hypericum would be red clover. I was wondering if you were thinking that yet about what would be next after next, and I wondered if you were going to say that. I love it. <laughs> well, we know which herbs we love that the big bad world out there is going, don't use that herb, oh my gosh. Right. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's find out if any of the fear is justified. I certainly didn't find out that the, any of my fears around Comfrey were justified. I had to give up uh, the few fears I had. Right. Yeah, I, I had to, I looked at a few studies and was tempted to say, ooh, what's that all about? But after reading them, it was just everything was so piecemeal and nothing was the whole plant. It was all just ridiculous amounts of components. So, and hearing everyone else who's hands-on experience that I have a familiarity with them, at least in terms of their work and um, trust them with other plants and, and know other people who trust them. It was so nice to hear the experiences just relayed so personally. Yes. These are people who have worked actively with herbal medicine, most of them for at least 20 years, and many of them for double that. So what a what a powerful voice. And um, I, I think about Eagle Song talking about, you know, the citizen scientists and calling mm. all citizen scientists with Hypericum. Let's see what's going on. Let's report back. We've been using that. And once again, congratulating ourselves for having the forethought and the wisdom to know that if we used herbs as simples, then down the line we could actually do this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can make quite a testimony when you know what's happening because it can only be the one because there is just the one. <laughs> <laughs> or, as in Barbara's case, you pair it with something which you already know how it acts, like honey. Yes. Yeah. I see. I yeah. I don't even think about that as a pairing, but that makes sense. I mean, I just think of honey as like a different way of interacting with the plant, like honey, vodka, vinegar. Right. So, right. But yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Because we we understand that honey is going to be safe in the wound. It's going to be what we want there, and um. The last readings that I did were um, from Dr. Christopher's book and then recounting the stories that I had heard him tell about using comfrey and honey and comfrey and marshmallow. Comfrey root and marshmallow root in a bath. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I'm just hearing you say yeah. those words feel possible. <laughs> <laughs> 
what else? What else? Well, Angela Wicks is what else? Angela A. Wicks is an acquiring editor for Body, Mind, Spirit titles at Llewellyn Worldwide. And she is the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Unicorns. That's right. So you hang out here until 9 o'clock for Angela. You come back at 9 o'clock. That's East Coast time. And you can hear Angela talking about the little unicorns and her secret psychic experiences. Cool. Anything else you want anything else you want to share tonight? Oh, thanks for asking. Um I feel good. I'm shared. Thank you. Are there any questions? There are six questions. We've got six hands raised. Uh, so I'll also remind everyone, if you have a question, you can line yourself up in the queue by pressing 1. Uh, we'll go to our first hand that is raised from the 608 area code. From the 608, you are live with Susan. Hello, Susan. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I'm calling. Well, yeah, um I'm calling because uh, I um, I got COVID. Um, on th- I, I think I got it on Thursday. I'm not sure, um, but uh, I have been. I've had two booster shots. Um, I got my last one on, in April. Um, so clearly, the, the symptoms I've experienced are, you know, comparatively mild. It was a pretty it's like a really nasty cold, and I'm still working through it, obviously. Um, but I, I just I want to explain what I've done so far, and I just wanted to get some feedback from you as to whether there's anything else I can do because I'm getting ready to leave on Monday for Europe. I'm going to be gone for a month, and I just want to be sure I'm, you know, doing as well as I can be under the circumstances. I've I've got it's it's a you know work trip so um so please do share with me what you've been doing okay well um on thursday i started to feel achy i didn't do anything i didn't even think anything of it uh by saturday i was my nose was getting runny i was sneezing um and then uh i, I started to realize no this is something's going on here I wasn't sure what it was at first, and so I uh, I just told my husband I I need to isolate up in the bedroom, you know, and and only make sure that I was not in the same room with him, you know, um, and uh, so uh, I was, it you know, it was pretty painful for a couple of days, um, and. Uh, you know, it's funny you talk about high spiritum because I was looking all over for my high spiritum and I just misplaced it and I, I found it later after I was feeling better. <laughs> but, um, but I had bone set, so I used, you know, uh, some bone set. I used uh, skull cap, you know, um, and uh, and then occasionally I would do a combination of echinacea and alicampane. Um, but nothing has really settled too deeply into my lungs. As a matter of fact, uh, 
you know, on uh, uh, on Sunday, I started vomiting liquid because I couldn't, I had no appetite. So I was vomiting liquid and then I realized I needed to make an appointment on urgent care. And so I went over urgent care um, and they checked my vitals and my blood oxygen level was 99%. So, so that was good. Um, That's excellent. That's, that is excellent. So, I mean, I do a lot of breathing exercises, especially when I'm, because I travel a lot for work. I, you know, I'll do breathing exercises in, in my seat, you know, while I'm, you know, I'm flying and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if I'm not doing anything else, I'm doing that. (laughs) Right. Or when I'm watching, you know, when I'm watching a movie or whatever. Anyway, Uh um, uh, so I felt the fever kind of subside yesterday. Um, although when I woke up this morning, I was still kind of glassy eyed. Um, not, I'm not a hundred percent. Obviously you can hear that my nose is still pretty stuffed up. Um, uh, I, I've, I've been able to eat solid food today, which is the first time, uh, since I started and I, I was avoiding herbal infusions that were kind of astringent because it just didn't feel right. And I just stuck with the really mild ones like oat straw and uh, um, um, linden and and, and, uh, nettle. Uh, But I'm going to go with uh, um, probably do comfrey tonight. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, I think that pretty much takes me to the present um you know my appetite is returned my sense of smell never went away um but i want to know what i can do to to not slide back and to continue to get stronger this is where adaptogens come in okay like astragalus astragalus is an excellent choice Partly because most of the immunized and boosted people that I know who've gotten COVID, like you, said it was like a nasty cold, but Mm -hmm. that afterwards they felt tired. Mm -hmm. And I know the first people that I talked to in 2020 who had COVID uh, without the aid of any immunization or booster said things like they were too tired to turn over in bed when they had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't my experience. It's not been anybody's experience who, whose immune system recognizes it, but there can be a kind of, as you are asking about, a kind of lingering tiredness after this attenuated version. And astragalus, yeah. astragalus is one of the adaptogenic herbs that's definitely poised to really help you with core energy. Great. Chisandra berries, too? Absolutely. You know I'm having a love affair with Chisandra. matter of fact, we were yeah. just out the other day looking at the uh, missed the, the last day of the flower, and all the flowers had dropped off, and there were these clusters of tiny little berries, smaller than the, the head of a mat pen. Mm. And just thinking of them, oh, you know, they're going to grow, and they're going to become red, and oh, such a beautiful, beautiful vine. 
and talking to class about its ability to nourish um, in all organ systems because of its five flavors. Mm -hmm. And in every expression of energy. Okay. So both, without being what we might call energizing like cayenne or caffeine or amphetamines, those give energy, right? But they give it at a cost. Whereas astragalus and chisandra help you to keep and restore and renew your energy with no cost. The only cost being make sure things are in place because you're going to be living a long time. (laughs) Understood. So um, I have some astragalus powder. Um, Do I have to cook that or can I just mix it into stuff? Like, I mean, if I'm traveling and I have travel food and, you know, travel food isn't always optimal. Can I sprinkle it? I know, I know. Yes, I have mixed astragalus powder into hummus. I've mixed it into peanut butter. I've mixed it into yogurt. Okay. Okay, well, that that's great. Um, and I have, I, I've, I had created some shisandra berry tincture many months ago. Um, so I, I think I can have plenty to take with me on my travels. All right. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, it does. It does. It really, it really does. does. You yeah. know, it's just, it somehow, it's just the right touch of being able to take care of ourselves even when the world gets crazy. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Oh, speaking of which, there was one other thing I had missed telling you last night. I just woke up feeling incredibly sad and just like, you know, my chest started to get tight, and I thought, what is going on here? And so I I just looked up some Qigong exercises, you know, some of which were tailored for COVID-19 uh, symptoms. And uh, uh, I I did those, and, and I just I slept like a baby afterwards. Oh. It just looped everything up, and I felt incredible. Oh, and you can do that anywhere you are. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, remembering that herbal medicine is already on the other side of the great divide. Now, the adaptogens can be called lifestyle medicine because they're intended to be taken on a daily basis, unlike the herbal medicines that you've been using, which are excellent herbal medicines, Boneset and Echinacea and Skullcap, but those aren't the kinds of herbs that we have in our daily life. Mm-hmm. And by moving from those to the adaptogens, we move back across that divide between yeah. the medicines that build health and the medicines that save our lives but hurt our health. Right, right. Wow. 
Well, I, I mean, it's really interesting to hear you say that these adaptations will help get me to the kind of the next stage of my recovery because I, I have a lot of work to do before I, I leave town. And uh, <laughs> I, But I don't want to push myself. I just, I know I... I, I have a feeling that everything will will go according to plan as long as I don't try to pressure or punish myself. So it might I don't know what your work is or where it takes you, but sometimes it becomes a wonderful excuse to find out what the local people would use. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm going to be in more than one country, so, you know, we'll see what what I'm able to, to discover. Um, but I'll be studying in Germany. If you have any suggestions of what I should look for in Germany, uh, I'd be happy to find that out. I know they have all kinds of apothecaries there. In general, and this may have changed because I haven't been in Germany in a while, in mm-hmm. general, where herbal medicine is legal, as in Germany, mm-hmm. your access is limited to prescriptions. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'm out of the woods there, then I'll just stick with so that. While well, there are apothecaries, while well, there are herbs and apothecaries, if you don't go in there with a prescription, you're unlikely to get them. One of my <laughs> students in Germany was a pharmacist. She ran an apothecary and she brought her herbal vinegars in there because, of course, she wasn't, couldn't buy them. <clears throat> and, wow, you know, very shortly after she started selling those to people, she was visited by the rulemakers who told her they were going to shut her down and take her license away if she didn't take those, you know, oh. out. Oh, so it may not be kind of the way you imagined it to be. However, Again, this may have changed. I have not been there in a while. There are homeopathic apothecaries. Oh, and, homeop- and homeopathy meets herbal medicine at the mother tincture. Okay. And so the mother tincture is what they make the remedies from. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you can go into a homeopathic pharmacy and say, may I have mother tincture of bone setter, mother tincture of astragalus, or mother tincture of ba-da-da-da, right? Best if you ask by its botanical name. Okay. Because that, right. because homeopaths only use botanical names. Uh-huh. Wow. That's great. I'm writing this down, so I just want to... No problem. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And who knows if you go into any kind of apothecary and, you know, give them some symptoms and see what they suggest. See if it's (laughs) the same or different than it would be here. Yeah. And I... I always love to go shopping, not that I buy a lot, mm-hmm. but it's, it teaches me, I think, a lot about where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that, you know, I do the same. You know, as soon as I get to a new place, and I'm going to be 
spending a lot of time in hotels. I always like to make my hotel room as much of a home as possible. You know, I'll I'll get some yogurt and, uh, you know, uh, if I if I don't have a tea kettle in the room, I might even purchase a tea kettle just just so I can, yes. uh, you know, yes. make infusion. So, oh. you know, yeah, get some cheese and bread. <laughs> Ah, we are we are all smiling and standing taller because of the good care you take of yourself. Thank you. Oh well, thank you, Susan. And I might call you, you know, when I come back because I do have some other questions related to, you know, some of the symptoms I was experiencing. But it's not directly related to COVID. It's just you know getting sick in general. Yeah. Um, but I, it can wait. It can wait. So. Um, uh, thank and you're you so doing, much. You're doing really excellently what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, green blessings. Green blessings. Good night. Night. All right. And there are six callers that have their hand raised. Our next caller is dialed in from the 718 area code. From the 718, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. It's Chloe from Brooklyn. How are you? I am not panicked. No, I am not panicked. The fact that I'm leaving here at 4 a.m. and getting on an airplane at 6 a.m. does not in any way at all panic me. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, Yeah, Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. Oh, my goodness. That's exciting. You're busy. You had the country conference, and then you're, you're off. To teach again? Yes, well, we all got to do the country conference from home. Which is, so yes, that was, which yeah, that fantastic. was a, a real uh, COVID success story in a way. That's wonderful. <laughs> look what, That's look wonderful. what COVID is, has taught us to do. <laughs> true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I am calling because I made some space in a huge planter that I have in the backyard. And I've been thinking about what I would like to put in it. And what I would like to put in it most is something like you do at your day workshops in, uh, in Woodstock where we make the wild salads and we just pick, you know, the ground ivy and the garlic mustard and, and all the kind of um, the weeds that make this beautiful salad. And I'm wondering, I'd love to get your thoughts on what seeds I could throw down at this time of the year to kind of create that sort of wild salad in the planters later in the summer. In, what was it, 1982, 40 years ago, someone, a graphic artist, did a fake ad for weed seeds. <laughs> the definition of a weed is a plant that will grow without being planted. Right? Right. Mm, kraut. Not a plant, right? Mm, kraut. Right. <laughs> not plant. They're not plants or the weeds. Right. You don't plant them. You just eat them. Just, 
just let just let it grow and see what see what. So what up. you do is you decide where your garden is going to be, and you make some protection for it, depending on who's going to come into your garden and eat it, mm-hmm. and the income and energy you have at your disposal to protect that piece of land. And if there's already plants growing there, you have to decide if you want those plants to continue to grow there or not. Mm-hmm. So kind of just last, create a... Last, last year, I started an herb garden. The herb garden is about, um, I don't know, maybe 18 to 20 inches across and maybe 25 to 40 feet long. It's a curve. Mm -hmm. And it was a part of the lawn. And I put down mm, six inches of compost. So I just let the grass stay there. And okay. put the compost then, on top of it. And it's right next to a lawn. So there's always going to be infiltration with grass. And the fact that there's grass underneath all of that compost, really, it's no big deal. <laughs> and that garden grew without my planting it. And I planted a lot of stuff out there, but I didn't plant catnip. Very pretty big catnip plants this year. I didn't plant motherwort, and I would have quite a few motherwort plants, except I admit to weeding baby motherworts out because we have a lot of (laughs) motherwort. There are at least three different kinds of Stellaria, a big patch of Stellaria media, the uh, medicinal and spring chickweed, a Stellaria... Um, with fuzz on its leaves that's really, really pretty and keeps the ground nice and cool around other plants. And uh, one that we call giant chickweed, which is Stellaria pubera, which really likes the summer. Yellow dock, especially the curly dock, is growing in the garden. Dandelion is growing in the garden. Plantain is growing in the garden. Chicory is growing in the garden. I didn't plant any of those things. That's wonderful. That's so. I love how it's so consistent with the rest of the wise woman philosophy. It reminds me of when you talk about um, the health of the gut microbiome. Yeah. Um, what I planted was thyme. Because mm-hmm. this herb garden is on the top. It's at the edge of the lawn on a top of a, a stone retaining wall. So you can walk along this wall and run your hands over different kinds of time. And in fact, someday I did a class on herbs in your garden. Not the weeds, because I thought it was unfair to let p- 
people think that I only <laughs> had weeds in my gardens. No, I I plant elecampane next to the poke, which is already growing there. You know, I plant hops. There, there. I plant comfrey. There are things that I want that aren't just going to grow, and I plant them. And so we also went out because there's a local greenhouse that grows and sells dozens of different kinds and varieties of herbs. Like they usually have six to eight kinds of lavender. And I got, last year I got like eight different kinds of thyme, and this year I got six more kinds that I didn't see last year. Wow. Yeah. Orange-scented thyme and lavender-scented thyme and silver thyme and mother of thyme and upright thyme and prostate thyme. It goes on and on. Orange-scented thyme. They're just so wonderful. That's that's really beautiful. Great. Well, I'm inspired. I, I like that idea. So do, you know, do plant, you know, and what I introduced to class, first of all, I said, the first, if you're going to plant any herbs in a garden, the first thing to plant in your garden are things in the mint family. It's a huge family of plants, and in general, wildlife won't eat it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? From lavender to shiso, from basil to thyme, rosemary, Oregano, lemon balm, motherwort, anything in the mint family, the critters are generally going to leave alone, and you will feel like a successful gardener, (laughs) right? Right, peppermint, spearmint, apple mint, orange mint, woolly mint. Oh, there are so many members of the mint family to enjoy while wiggling your fingers at the woodchucks and the deers and going na 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 na. And then let the weeds be there. One of the things that I talked about on Sunday was that I wanted people to see that I very clearly cultivated the weeds that once they were there I did not Mm -hmm. allow them to run rampant Mm -hmm. so if the plantain that I left in the garden last year has decided to start a thousand babies I am not letting a thousand babies (laughs) continue on in my garden yeah I let the nettles do that I let the nettles do that that's what I when I cut back actually they really know how to take over. They certainly do, don't they? <laughs> they do, yes. Brilliant. Well, that's a great answer to my question. Thank you. I will let the next person ask theirs. All right. Thanks for your question. Great blessing. Bye. 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 All right. And there are five callers that have their hand raised. The next caller is dialed in from the 512 area code. From the 512, you are live with Susan. Hello, Susan. How are you this evening? Can you hear me? 
Yes, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, okay, now I can. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. A little echoey, but other than that, I am being delighted because I opened a package, and um, I think it was two weeks ago, we interviewed a couple of women who were making things with CBD, and this package says, Crybaby, welcome to wellness, premium small batch. And inside is CBD ointment and CBD oil and CBD soap. And it's all packaged beautifully. And the whole box is covered with this beautiful drawing of, well, it's not cannabis. I don't know what kind of plant it actually is, but it's really, I think it might be a fantasy plant. And that's quite okay. It's really pretty to look at. So that's how I'm feeling at this instant. How about you? That sounds beautiful. I've never heard of CBD soap, so that's interesting. Yeah, me either. Um, Well, I'm calling about um, insomnia that I've been struggling with for several years. Um, I've heard you speak about, you know, the two different sleeps, and I have tried to set up my lifestyle so that I can – you know, take naps during the day and not stress out when I'm up, you know, during the night. Um, and that worked for a while. Um, but now it's come to the point where I'm not falling asleep till like sometimes four or five in the morning. Um, it started off like, you know, I'd wake up at three and then I was up for a few hours and then I would get back to sleep. But, but now it's just, it's really disruptive. Um, and I have a young child at home that I have to take care of, um, you know, among other things. And I've tried lots and lots of different things. <laughs> I've even gone to the, tried the drugs, um, went to get, get a prescription for, you know, a sleep aid, and I didn't find that to be useful. Um, so I'm just kind of out of ideas. Well, I will tell you something that has been useful to others and perhaps it will be useful to you. Okay. I would like you to create some kind of reasonably complicated bedtime ritual. Okay. I would like it I would like it to include the room being more on the cool than the warm side. I would like it to include pillows and blankets that make you feel cozy. Is that a feather comforter? Is that a weighted blanket? Is that a silk sheet or a bamboo sheet even better? Mm. Right? What mm-hmm. what experience will draw you to bed? Mm. I would 
I would like you to decide on the time that you want to go to bed and make that part of your ritual, and it can't vary. Okay. Sure, five or ten minutes. But it's not like you could choose one o'clock and one day can be 11 and the next day three. Right. Whatever, whatever time you choose, it's going to be part of your ritual. Okay. And you can make it symbolic. Um, for years, I went to bed at 123. <laughs> I like that. 123. Right. <laughs> one, two, three. Go to sleep. That's it. Turn it off. Shut it down. Whatever you're doing, just one, two, one, look, one, two, three, sleep. Okay. Right? Um, because we condition ourselves. Okay. And yeah. Just, and I think that's what's We happening. know we can yeah. do this with animals, what we can do with ourselves. If we, what do we need with animals? Consistency. We need consistency with ourselves. That's a lot harder to be consistent with ourselves. Yeah. So the, so we just have to, you know, plug at it and say, okay, you know, this is why it has to be a somewhat complicated ritual so that you're really involved in it and thinking about it and wanting it. And instead of focusing all of your energy on, am I going to sleep, you're focusing all your energy on, do I have the bamboo sheets, you know, do I have the right candle, is the right music that I want playing with this book that I want to read, so that there's a lot of different things that you're thinking about. And I very much would like you to read before you go to sleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> Preferably by candlelight at real book. Even if it's C. Jane Run, C. Spot Run, whatever <laughs> it is. I was talking to my granddaughter, and she said, because she had to go to sleep really early, she's decided to go to high school. She's in eighth grade now. And it, she wanted to walk to school. And she wants to put on her makeup. So she decided she was going to get up at 5 a.m. And mm. like you, you know, her usual bedtime has been between 2 and 3 a.m. Because she's homeschooled, so she can go to sleep anytime she wants to. And get up anytime she wants to. Now, like, she wanted to change what hour she was going to sleep because she wanted the experience of going to high school. Mm. That's cool. Right, and so when I said read, she looked at me and she said, can I read a comic book? And I said, yes. Graphic novel, comic book, but but the actual action of reading, which requires you to move your eyes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, Back and forth. Oh. You are feeling sleepy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. I love it. I used to do that, and then I got into the habit of watching TV. Uh-uh. Not yeah. loud. Read, read. Yeah. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> you see, Elizabeth yeah. Kimmler-Ross taught us that we should seek stress. She says, stress is the prerequisite to growth. Mm-hmm. When there's no stress, there's no growth. And when there's no growth, entropy sets in. Mm-hmm. So you want stress. Stress, she says, that's what keeps the bridge up. That's what keeps the skyscraper up. 
She says, you, what you have to do is to teach yourself to accommodate stress. She said, and there are two stressors that you will never be able to accommodate. These are hardwired into the limbic system because they are absolute survival skills, which is you will never be able to escape being stressed by a loud noise or a fast motion. Yes. So what is television if not loud noise and fast motion? Right, and and lights blinking on and off, yeah. Right, so it pushes the production of stress hormones because a part of you that is totally not part of your consciousness, that deep limbic system is going, oh, And if you have to do that and you have to watch that during the day, okay, but take breaks from it. One of the, I think it's one of the ways that I'm able to feel pretty happy is that there is no television in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Believe me, I have never missed a big event. In fact, have been frighteningly close to some of the big events. The woman who was working with me at Ashtree Publishing to help me publish books had a sister who was working at the Twin Towers who was in the second tower and who got everybody in her office, which was way up there, all the way down and out before the second tower was hit, and then proceeded to call Peggy, who's with me, and say, we're okay. Wow. So we didn't have a television, but we knew what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, and I, I started watching TV in response to some major because <laughs> So I just kind of created... I think a monster in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And you're not alone. It's right there for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. part of the consequence of it is that it's very difficult to sleep. Great. Okay. I hear you. Okay, so bedtime ritual, make it cozy, decide on a time, read, and no TV. I can do that. Right. If possible, read by candlelight. Okay. Get some kind of candle that you feel really safe about, like a votive candle and a, a another, you know, the dish with sand, or so that if you fall asleep with the candle burning, you don't have to worry about anything. And make it totally safe if you're going to read by candlelight, but it's really nice because it adds that little bit of a hypnotic flicker to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And what I, I would like that. you to okay. do is to get some skullcap tincture made from fresh skullcap. 
Mm-hmm. The only two places that I know, I'm, I'm not saying that they're the only ones, um, but that I know of that make tincture with fresh skullcap is Catskill Mountain Herbals. Okay. And Red Moon Herbs. Catskill Mountain Herbals uses 100 proof vodka, my preferred alcohol. And mm-hmm. Red Moon Herbs uses organic, very high proof alcohol. Okay. Great. I have tried that in the past. Um, Using a tincture from the fresh skull cap? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe I didn't have the dosage right. How I was just doing like a dropper full. Too much. Too much? Too much. Okay. What I'd like you to take is three to five drops. And right. in in a little bit of liquid, and I want you to have, um, if, if you want to, that glass that has the liquid in it that you're going to take the skull cap with. Mm-hmm. Like you can put the skull cap in your mouth and wash it down with a little of that liquid and then put another three to five drops in the glass. Or you can, you know, put like ten drops in the glass and drink half of it. But I want you to really taste the skull cap. Okay. I have found for myself that although I don't squirt dropperfuls of tincture under my tongue. That when I'm taking pain relieving remedies, that they blossom the most for me when I take very small doses and allow them to be on my tongue. Hmm. Sometimes I'll even like hold those few drops in my mouth as it mixes with saliva for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. I really want my body to register it and get it. So you've taken one dose, one three to five drop with some water amount of skull cap and blown out the candle and if you don't go to sleep, the current thinking is 20 minutes is a reasonable amount of time to wait. Okay. Then light the candle again, read for another little while, and take the second dose of skull cap. Okay. So don't get out of bed and start cleaning the house. And- Correctola. this is your sleep time (laughs) if you have a need to get out of bed and clean the house then what you need as part of your bedtime ritual is to make sure that there are writing implements and blank paper so that you can make lists if there's a particular difficulty or problem that you are working with, then I also really support the use 
of a book in which you write the things you say to yourself about it. The things that I say to myself about not sleeping or about what I need to get done? Yeah. Or all yeah. of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. All of it. All of it. There, there are some thoughts that go around and around in your head. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So if you have a book and you write those thoughts down, you can then choose to restrict them to the book. When they pop up, you can say, no, I'm sorry, you're in the book. I, you, you don't, you're not a thought anymore. You're now written down. Mm, okay. And, and so it acknowledges it and honors it, but it also banishes it. You don't have to think it anymore. Okay. And then one more thing that I'm going to share with you. If you still just are not getting what you are envisioning you want to do, then what I ask you to do is to write down at least three problems with your problem. The problem with not getting enough sleep is you have a child to take care of. The problem with not getting enough sleep is you need to whatever. Then, after we have found out what the problem with the problem is, we rewrite that from the voice of desire. So rather than being the victim of I need to sleep, and not sleeping prevents me from taking care of my child, we find that we can hear a part of ourselves, and it's only a part of ourselves, that says, I don't want to take care of that child. I don't want to take care of any child. I can barely take care of myself. Insofar as we clamp down on the voices that we don't think are worthy, then they become our demons. Mm. And insofar as we can adopt a playful attitude with them, rather like we were talking about the weeds in the garden, right? Mm -hmm. you can decide which ones you want and which ones you don't want I often talk about it as the happy book and the crappy book you get to choose which one you're going to be looking at 
Mm, I like that. We all have happy experiences. We all have crappy experiences. Which ones are on instant replay in your mind? That's where you're living. Mm. And as you're going to sleep, it's the perfect time to look in on that, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what tends to happen, right? So we can look in on our own minds and begin to make choices and not feel like we are at the mercy of those thoughts. We have well, we have ways to um, acknowledge them, honor them, and play with them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sweet like dreams. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> you do. Dreams. Uh, safe travels. Bye-bye. All right. It is time for our guest, but I do not see her in the queue. Um, no, wait, wait, her text- wait. It's not. It's only 8.30. Oh, okay. I No wonder. Well, I am getting a message from Blogcast that we have 24 minutes of stream time left. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid. So sorry, I'm. I was watching that and not the clock. I don't because we're on different time zones. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay, false alarm. But heads up, we might get cut off early. I don't know. This has All happened right. to us once before. It did. Don't know yeah. why, but what? Yeah. I what? A, I, I'm especially disappointed because we had um, thought we were going to get to talk to Angela back in April. Yes. And I yes. don't even remember what happened. If she couldn't come or we had a power outage or what was going on. But here it is, you know, and like, whoa, we got her back. Hooray. And now, ah, if we get cut off, well, yeah. Angela, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll text her that and let her know. I Yeah, I wasn't even looking at the clock. I was like, wow, that this has felt like a fast show. But we have a lot of hands <laughs> raised. And uh, okay. maybe we won't get cut off. We did last time. That's so, all right. Okay. Let's see what happens. I, I'll see if I can stop being so long-winded tonight. Next question. Right. Next question from the 646. You are live with Susan. From the 646. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, Susan? Uh, I spoke with you a couple of weeks ago. Um reason for my call is um, about... Just before the pandemic started, I, New Year's Day 2020, I coughed and um, developed a big inguinal hernia. Um, and I was actually stuck in England during the pandemic for 14 months. And um, I ended up getting the wire mesh, which I've heard you speak about in, a, a few months ago, saying to somebody, please don't get the mesh. But obviously, I've, I've already had it done. Um, I'm not really having any problems with that. Um, it was a very big hernia, so I had to get it operated on very quickly. But um, whilst the surgeon was in there, he um, he came to me after the operation and said, great success, Stephen. Um, but he said, the bad news is you've got another hernia on the other side. And I was thinking, why didn't you patch that up while you are in there? But they didn't. <laughs> um, but so I've, it's been, what, two, two and a half years since I've had this done. And I've still got this, it's a small hernia on the opposite side. that's on the upper left side of my groin. Um, and I just wondered if there was a way I could 
repair this hernia without surgery um, through, you know, maybe some, maybe comfrey. I'm drinking comfrey infusion. I wondered if that would help, um, you know, with the muscle. It will um, help. It, it will won't. help. I had a smallish inguinal hernia for uh, maybe 20 years. Okay. And I do heavy work. You know, I lift bales of hay. Yeah. Yeah. And doctors would say, you know, it could pop out and you could get strangulated. And I said, you know, I can actually feel what's going on in my body. And my muscle tone is good and my core tone is good. And that's not going to happen. Um, right. And what's happening is that there's a small opening in the musculature there so that the testicles can drop down. Yeah. Yes, in me as well as in you, and that wow. is, can be an area of weakness. So I got to a point where, like you, something happened, and I felt like this is now a big hernia. And what was right. fascinating to me was that on the initial consultation, the doctor said, well, this doesn't seem like a very big hernia at all. And after the surgery, the doctor said, that was so much bigger than I thought. So, yes, wow. you can keep those muscles strong. You can keep yourself toned. You can keep yourself from strangulating. Does that mean that you might not hit another situation where you need to have No, it doesn't. But it does mean that you can put it off. And okay. that if you want to, then it becomes a surgery of choice rather than an emergency surgery. You had to make emergency decisions. And so you said yes to what you were being offered. Anyone would in your situation. Yeah, it was quite large. It was like the, almost a half, half the size of a tennis ball, you know. Um, so I was I was seen to quite quickly with that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just the other one. I just thought, you know, rather than getting surgery on the other one, if there was a way. I'm, I've been drinking comfrey now for uh, on your recommendation for maybe, uh, you know, not too too much, but maybe uh, two quarts a week for maybe two months now. And so, are you use Are you using any of the um, plant material as a poultice? No, but I've I've been I'm about that, halfway through the country. That would be now. really effective to use the poultice or a compress. Okay, so um, so uh, from the root or from the uh, obviously the root's better, right? You can use any part of the plant you want to. You've been making some free leaf infusion. Yeah. So you have come free leaf, wet come free leaf from that, yes. Yes. And yeah. I do several things with it. I might just spread that across an old stained towel because it will be stained when the comfrey is done with it. Uh -huh. And roll it up like a jelly roll and put it in the freezer till it's like partly frozen. Okay. And put that on things or just 
warm it in the microwave slightly and put that on something. If the cold feels better to you, use it cold. If the heat feels better to you, use it hot. You can also dip a towel in the infusion itself, either hot or cold, and apply that. Um, It's ideal to do this... um, in a pulsing way. Okay, so like a massaging kind of well, motion. Well, not, not quite that fast a pulse. Like, okay. you put, if you put it on and leave it for an hour, it's not as effective as if you put it on for 10 minutes and then renew it somehow. So, 10 on, 5 off, 10 on with a new one, 5 off, and you do that four times. That's your hour. But you're going to get a lot more tissue response than if it's just laying there for an hour. Right, okay. So maybe I could split the the leftover um, uh, plant matter into yeah. maybe four, four, four sections and then, and then apply, apply all four sections over a course of an hour. Exactly, like that. and you, you can reuse those over and over again, especially the okay. cold ones. Hot ones will go off, you know, they're sour and they'll smell bad, but the cold ones, I use my cold, cold ones, ones for months. Oh, really? Because, sure, in between nice. times, I just, when the freezer, you're not dealing with something that's a bacterial infection. You're not going to spread yeah. anything. Okay, brilliant. Because um, I, I have been doing the the second cold infusion with with that plant matter to to get a, a double batch, but um, but there's still enough. That, there's still enough in that to use as a poultice. As well, afterwards. Wow, that's, that's as well. fascinating. You know, one of my okay. goals with the Comfrey Conference was to make sure that the, all of my presenters, when presenting on making Comfrey poultices and ointments. And they didn't. They had such a variety of topics, but almost all of them did talk about making poultices and ointments, and there are about 16 different ways to make poultices and ointments. So whatever you do, you're going to do it right. Okay, because I, I did. I saw um, Bigfoot um, where he, he, he ground down the roots and made the paste from, uh, with a bit of water, and um, I was wondering about maybe getting some roots in and trying that method for for whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, why not? Yeah. What fun, sure. Yeah, let's, uh, let's experiment. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask the, the um, I ordered from Frontier, uh, the plant, um, and it was the Aficionales, um, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, is that yeah. safe to drink? Yeah. That's what I've been drinking for 35 years. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the the other um, the hybrid um, uh, le- uh, leaf, but either or, right? It's well, fine. you know, if if we and we saw at the Comfrey conference that someone used tincture of the root of a fish alley. Yes. In large amounts, not a drop or two. We're talking like you know an ounce, an ounce tincture a day. Large yeah. amounts, but no problems. 
So as I said, even little pockets of fear that I had, I had to give up. As I heard these about their practice, good results. So I think that I think that we really, really have nothing to fear. And one of the things we learned is that the problematic pyrolyzed ions are denatured by heat. Well, how easy. Certainly grinding yeah. it up like must have heated it. Ooh, you know, didn't didn't we all want one of those grinders on that pivot? Oh, oh yes. Well, on uh, Bigfoot's grinder. Right. No. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I was like, I want one of those. Yeah. Right. We do. We all yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Oh, thank you, Susan, I, I, and thank you, Sarah Ellen. I love uh, uh, the hard work you do. Thank you so much. Green blessings. Thank you. Green blessings. I'll let you know. I'll get on. Good night. Great. All right. Good night. Thank you. All right. And I did get word from behind the scenes. So we are going to attempt to do actually a second broadcast tonight. So this episode will end in 12 minutes. We'll take calls and then stay tuned and log in again because um, we're going to dial in again. And Susan, you'll need to dial in again too. So we'll do. We're going to have right. a all right, the next call is dialed in from the 252 area code. From the 252, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Good to Hi. talk to you. Um, first, let me say the comfort conference was superb. And Sarah Ellen, I'm sorry you're not getting direct feedback because it was so apparent how hard you worked on that and what a wonderful job you did to coordinate all the technology. And it was terrific. It was just a real delightful experience. Um, Allie, 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 hooray, Allie. Allie did a lot of the tech. Allie did most of the tech. Yes, yes. Yay, and behind the scenes, Allie. If you haven't visited the the place at Teachable, there's a a picture of Allie and a a gratitude to her there. Yay, yay, Sarah Ellie. I actually emailed her. I was able to directly contact Allie when she contacted oh, me. Over out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I was able to say thank you and have a little conversation back and tell Aww. her how I appreciate it. So, yeah. Sarah Ellen yeah. as well. So, um, so I have a little comfrey story and then I have a question. Um, at, during this comfrey conference, I think it was like the last day of it, um, I have a, a, a rooster that gives me a hard time, and if I don't pick him up when I go into the pen, he will sometimes jump at me. And I was foolish, and I thought he was getting a little more docile, so I didn't have my guard up. And he came at me, and he put one of his talons into my arm deeply and hit the bone, and I was in really a lot of discomfort, and I knew that I wasn't going to need, I, I can't close it up, so I wasn't going to be able to put comfrey on it. It was a very deep puncture wound. It hit just below my wrist, and I was really miserable. And um, so I I guess I was a day or two into it, and I, my comfrey situation was that I had some leaves that I had dried and not thrown away because I was going to feed them to my sheep because they were from 2019, and that was the only comfrey I had in the house. And I I made an infusion of that, weighed it out, did the whole nine yards, did the rebrew, and one cup. And, I mean, I was literally looking at, like, okay, this is going to be weeks of an injured bone, and I was going to have this recovery that I was going to have to deal with. One cup, and by the next morning, it was like a different type of injury. And I drank the infusion in the court, and I'm what we're a week out, and I'm full. I mean, I couldn't lift a I couldn't lift a half a gallon of water. That's how badly I was hurting. And after one cup, it was like a night and day. 
So I thought I would share that. I was really surprised at how amazingly it worked internally. It just really surprised me, but pleasantly. So, so that was Thank my you for sharing that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty impressive, and I mean, I, I the wound healed well. I was able to hit, you know, I, I used some I used some antibacterial herbs on the on the wound, but I knew that I didn't want to put the comfrey right on the wound because I didn't want it to close up from the outside. Um, but it just closed up now, and everything's well. So ah. not well, I have a really <laughs> weird situation. Um, okay, it's it's an animal situation. I have two ewes that came to me last November. They were bred. I believed one of them wasn't. So I had one lamb in March and I have had them for 185 days. Their gestation period is 147, 152 is the, the long end of things. And in the last three days, the you that didn't lamb back, she's got udder development. And I heard that small ruminants, goats, more commonly can have this sort of a false pregnancy syndrome or an inappropriate lactation syndrome. Have you had any experience with something like that? I have. I had a really beautiful girl kid born to me that I named Titania, and I told Titania that she and I would live together for a long time. And when she got old enough to be bred, she wasn't willing to be bred. And... And then the next year she wasn't willing to be bred, and then she bagged up. And I called my mentor, and I said, what do I do? She said, you just need to hear me say it, don't you? I said, I do. She said, she'll never be bred, and she'll have constant utter problems, and she'll die of some very bad infection. Yeah, I be, kind to her. be kind to her and give death to her. That is what I did. And we have four positions in our ceremony of giving death. She who holds the knife, she who holds the animal, she who stands in support, and she who walks in the woods. And because I had made a promise to Titania that I couldn't keep, I walked in the woods while she was given death. But I came back when she was dead to help take her apart and make her part of myself. So I was worried about this girl needing to be cold. But here's my part of what's unusual. She's three. She lambed with no problem last year. So she can be bred. But now I'm wondering okay. if you've had this, though I think what I'm reading is is that she won't go into estrus. This could really become an issue for her in terms of yeah. I probably won't be able to breed her next year or something or this yeah. fall. Um, but I know that she can lamb. I know that she was a good mom. She nursed. She had, you know, and, and, and what I'm seeing is small. It's a small bagging. It's, you know, she's not fully. Okay. So, I mean, this was like a real, like, psh, like she was ready to give a gallon of milk. Well, and I don't know how this has only started, so I don't know where it's going to go. But, but what you're saying is, is that this may, this may not end well. And I guess I have to just file that in the back of my head that, that this may not end well. And I'm worried about her. I'm worried about mastitis. I'm worried that's, about, you know. What, that's exactly. That's, that's what my mentor said to me is this won't end well. And you can, you can give her your kindness by ending it for her instead of waiting until the inevitable infection takes her. I don't know if I did the right thing, and I'm certainly not advising you 
to do anything that you don't feel, ah, this is the thing to do. Um, but that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. I, there's another possibility that I seem that, I, that has ha, – have you ever dealt with a, a mummified kid? I, I understand there can be mummification. If she had the fetus die, um, and my understanding with mummification is, is that the animal's body doesn't think the pregnancy has stopped. And so there could be something like that going on. Possibly, but the pregnancy has to stop for there to be lactation. Oh, okay. I'm glad you clarified that because I thought, well, right. maybe that's how come she, grew, she developed milk. Sure, that's come, that's happening at the end as the pregnancy is coming to an end. Right. Okay. And if there's a dead kid in her uterus, you would probably know she would get sick. That's, yeah, and she's not sick. The only thing I noticed, uh, you know, is that she's having a little trouble with the heat, and, and so are all of them. She seems to be the most responsive to the heat, right? Yeah. I had 90s before. We were all ready for it. And so um, so I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with her health. I don't get that sense. There were a couple of days where I thought she looked a little bit low, but I tied that very distinctly to temperatures above 90 degrees. Yeah. So, Okay. So I, I, my mentor said, you know, if this goes on for more than a month, take her to a vet, get an ultrasound done. It's not a terribly expensive thing to do, and then you're going to know what's going on at least on the inside there. So I thought, okay, but this is literally in the last week. I mean, I noticed it just by happenstance, and it was sort of out of the corner of my eye. What is that? Why, why is that? <laughs> right, what is that and, hanging between her legs here? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was really just like, oh, my God, what the heck could that be? And, this, you know, this is not an immaculate conception, so what's going on? <laughs> so, And then a friend told me stories that she was just reading about somebody who was writing about how birds and reptiles will sometimes hold on to sperm until they're ready. To, and that apparently this is a phenomenon in some, in some species where they can hold on to sperm until they're ready to, to be pregnant. <laughs> That's a little. I've not heard usually, that before, but apparently. usually not in mammals. However, yeah, no, I've never heard of it in mammals, and and I think that I just have something that's some sort I of. Have, a, I have been told that female rabbits can reabsorb their fetuses up until about forty-eight hours before birth. I've heard you say that. That's amazing, but I it makes sense. I mean, it 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 seems viable. So, um, and but, if you've uh, ever seen, you know, like a baby rabbit or a baby mouse, I would assume the same is true of mice and rats. They're, they're tiny. They're hardly, you know, more than like little yeah, embryos yeah. anyhow, right? Yeah, I remember having gerbils as a kid, and that you're right. They're just these little squirmy, furless things. Right. Um, so, all right, well, let me let you get on to somebody else. Thank you so much for talking to me about this or talking me through a little of this, and I'll keep you posted yeah, because it's going to be telling. Posted so that we. And what's the good? What's the sheep's name? Her name is Maxine. Maxine, keep us posted yeah, on Maxine. Her, her mother yeah. is Mary. And all the girls are named from named with M. So Mary has oh, had Madison and Molly and Maxine and lots of MB. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, green blessings. Good night. You as well. Thanks. Bye. All right. Would you like to take one call? Yeah, let's yeah. go one more, if, so long as they can let us. From the 447-957, lots of more numbers after. From the 447 starting number, you are live with Susan. All right, we'll go to the 512. Hello, hello. Oh, there's somebody. Oh. There they are. 
There's Laura. Hello. Hi, from the four. Hi there. Hello. Let us know what's up. How can I help you? Hi there. We Hi can there. hear you. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, I'm phoning from the UK, um, and it's um, two two o'clock in the morning, something like that. That's why I'm not quite with it. Sorry. Um, Kent, Susan, I'm taking um, the herbal infusion daily. Um, I have been for about the last six months, and um, I've read your book abundantly well. I love it. But I would desperately like to find out why I have acne. I'm 53, I'm in menopause, and I have tried many, many things, and I can't clear it. And I would very much like to... Help your liver. Right. Menopause is very taxing on the liver. Right. And taking one of the liver-loving herbs on a daily basis, even mixing them up and taking several of them is fine, yellow dock and burdock and yellow dock and milk thistle. So many herbs that love the liver and help the liver help you as you go through puberty prime. It's puberty all over again. Puberty, what people know? Hormones. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're not bad. Not doing anything wrong. You can spray yarrow tincture directly on your face and it will cut down on the acne substantially and don't wash your face with soap and water because it irritates the skin and makes it worse but you can um, put 